Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. My name is Eva Venari, founder of the Elevate Institute, and I'm your host for this segment called Owning Your Health, where we explore alternative ways to be more consciously aware of truly owning what it takes to care for your body at work with today's health thought leaders. Our topic today is Heal Yourself with the Mind-Body Connection. And our leading lady today is Dr. Cindy Tsai. She's a physician and life coach. She helps professionals build confidence and reconnect to who they are to live a meaningful life of ease and joy. Good afternoon, Cindy, and welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation because we've, we've spoken offline before, and you have this really great story that I so much admire, and, and I know it was hard to do. It's like you, you had to decide uh, about how you were going to, to live your life in a true-to-self way, and you became a board-certified internal medicine physician, you still are one, and then said, wait a minute, not from, not quite for me. What happened? Tell, tell us the story. <laughs> sure. So I was, growing up, I grew up in Taiwan, and I'm the youngest of four daughters, and I grew up in a traditional Chinese household, and so um, my parents really emphasized education and achievement. And my dad was a surgeon. So I was really exposed to medicine from a young age. And I wanted, I was interested in health and wellness and wanted to help people. So becoming a physician seemed like a logical career path. And Mm -hmm. so I worked very hard. I was very focused on becoming a doctor. I went to all the top schools, Johns Hopkins, Dartmouth, trained in San Francisco. And really throughout my whole journey, I really just was so focused on, on becoming a doctor. And after many, many years, getting to the other side and starting work as a primary care physician and realizing that I wasn't, it wasn't really what I was expecting. (laughs) And um, I think it was hard because I had put in so much time, energy, resources, and, I felt like, you know, I wasn't really making the impact that I wanted to have. Um, I thought I was frustrated when patients would come in with health crises, illnesses, just pick up a medication refill and not actually get much better. And I really Mm -hmm. wanted to do more and offer healing on a deeper level, not just prescribe medications as a Band-Aid, but to look at the root cause and understand and change things for good. Um, but but I was feeling stuck. I didn't want to leave a stable job as a doctor and medical director, and things looked good on the surface, right? I, I checked all the boxes, but I was unhappy, and that was really scary to admit. 
and oh. I was was really stressed. I got sick with an autoimmune condition that impacted my eyes that could have led to full vision loss. And I wow. remember, yeah, just being in the doctor's office as a patient, trying to stay calm and not break down <laughs> when I received a diagnosis that I might not be able to see. And, and that's when I knew something had to change. So I sought help. I learned about using the mind-body connection to heal. And Ooh. so tell us more I about started. what that is. What is what is that? What is the mind-body connection? I have my own definition, but I want to hear from you what, what it is that you've got in yours. Yeah, yeah. Well, so specifically, I started working with a life coach and healer who said my vision was impacted because I didn't want to see the reality of my life. And well, when, I, when she said that, I, I, I knew she was right, and then I had to slow down to really reevaluate and really figure out what my life purpose was. And through coaching, I learned a lot of tangible tools and skills. I learned to quiet my inner critic, to stop people-pleasing, and to really accept and reconnect with myself and uncover my true purpose to, to serve as a guide and a coach to empower others to really live their best life. And so for me... Mm-hmm, well, I, I was just going to clarify a little bit on going back to that the mind-body connection and how this this is this is something that I take for granted, and I, I want to make sure that that this is re- really highlighted here. So, you had a you had a condition that you were being told you're going to lose your eyesight, and you were given an explanation that had absolutely nothing to do with the physical thing. It wasn't glaucoma, mm-hmm. right? This was just mm-hmm. a, a mindset thing that flipped it around. So. It's the way that the body, this is what I'm getting, the way that the body is communicating with you that instead of shutting it down with a here's a prescription, here's a surgery, here's a corrective whatever, it's just a let's learn how to listen to the body and interpret the information. Is that is that close to the the idea? Yeah. 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 I really like to say and think about the mind and the body not as separate entities, but actually Mm -hmm. allies that work together. And I think a lot of times we forget that the body and mind are connected. And the easiest example I think of is, let's say if you're nervous about giving a presentation and then you start feeling a bit queasy or butterflies in your stomach, right? Like that's the the perfect example of the mind-body connection, right? You're feeling that stress and anxiety and your body responds in return, right? So I think a lot of times um, what we don't realize and what we don't pay attention to is that our body holds so much wisdom. And I really believe that the body is always tending towards healing and trying to keep us well. But a lot of times, depending on what we're doing and other influences, we're not always listening to the messages, and then we don't take care of ourselves, which unfortunately leads to disease and illness and things like that. Well, I think you're you're pointing out a really another really important part of the work that I I know that you offer is like a really awareness of of being mindful. That sounds like a mouthful there, but let's talk a little bit about that. Like, what is mindfulness really? <laughs> yeah. Well. Mindfulness, I see as a process where you are paying attention on purpose. And when you're being present and aware, you are 
open and non-judgmental and being accepting or acknowledging what is. And I think it's so important because a lot of times we're going through our days on autopilot and we, before we know it, it's nighttime, right? Or it's the weekend or it's another (laughs) month, right? It's just like life just keeps going. And, And I think the power and why mindfulness is so key is because it really helps us get into the present moment and focus on what is actually happening so that we can really more enjoy life, more enjoy what we're doing and not get caught up in the worries of the future or replaying our past, right? Because we have no control over either of those, but the only thing we have is the present moment. Well, you're, you're kind of reminding me of a conversation I had ever so recently where someone said, I'm so glad it's Friday. And, I'm thinking, and I said, well, every day could be a Friday. It just depends on how we look at it, right? So right. There's, there's that mindset about, oh, my gosh, it's Monday, and I think more people call in sick on, on, <laughs> on Monday than they do on Friday, right? It's, it's a mindset, and this is very simple. This is, this is about being aware of your choices of how you want to think about things. Is that a good example? Definitely, and I think that – one reason people often feel stuck or unhappy is because we are attached to how we want things to be or we have expectations of how things should be or we're trying to control something that we actually have no control over. (laughs) And so I think it's how mindfulness is really helpful is because once you actually are present and aware, then you get a better idea of what you do have control over and you actually have the power to make those changes and take action so that you can get yourself out of whatever it is that that's been bugging you right yeah so it's it's like a backwards engineering out of things so i mean nothing is ever lost and i'm looking back on all this wonderful education that you listed off of where you've been and, and what you're doing now and this wonderful attention to the mind-body connection. Do you have other examples where, you know, your, your medical background can tie or, or let's call it connecting the dots between um, here's a physical manifestation of a, of a problem in the body and how can I track it back to this emotional place where I'm having a problem with how I'm looking at something? Yes. So many. I mean, I think for me, just all my years as as a physician, I think a big a big area of, of interest and concern, I would say, is gut health. And mm. I I think it's great that there's more attention around this and the importance of keeping a healthy microbiome and all these things, right? And and we see and and this is backed by research also, right? The more there's studies on this, just showing that there's so many, there's so many nerves in our gut, and that is actually very much connected to our mind. So I think a lot of times when people have conditions, maybe like irritable bowel or things like that, and, and they notice that their symptoms get worse when they're under more stress or when they sleep less, right? And it's all very much connected because we, we don't exist in, in like separate parts, right? The mind and the body, all of our organs, it's all one. So I think it's 
really important to see it as such and to take care of all parts of you so that you can be well. Yeah. I mean, there's something that um, people say all the time is, oh, I just had a gut feeling or gut intuition. So I think we know that at an intuitive level that there is Mm -hmm. something going on within the body that gives us information. But how... It, when, a, when a person is, is sitting in front of a doctor and they're like you did, you're sitting in front of a doctor and saying and hearing words like you're going to go blind. What can help a person believe in that type of technology that we are built in with that you're describing more, mm-hmm. so so that we can get out of fear and move through it? Like this, this is I think a really good tool um, yeah. that a person could use. Right? You know what I'm, I'm talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is very much a process and a skill. I think one thing is developing the skill of self-compassion and Mm -hmm. really learning how to be kind to yourself and to have your own back. Um, And I think that with life, there's going to be ups and downs and challenges, and it's more how you handle things when things aren't going your way, right? That's mm-hmm. that's really, really key, right? Are you able to pick yourself back up, be resilient and, and come through, or is it going to lead you through this period of darkness and going down a negative spiral? Um, so I think it's, it's twofold. One, definitely developing this sense of self-compassion and, and taking care of yourself. And the other is, of course, having support, community, and really a space to to um, see things differently. And and I think that's why I believe so firmly in coaching and having that coach support. Because a lot of times when we're when we're caught up in something, we don't necessarily see the forest for the trees, right? Because we're just so mm-hmm. deep in the trenches. And I think especially. I know um, from years as a physician and also being patient, I, I think it's, it's really hard when you go to an expert like a physician and you hear things like, I don't know what to do, right? Because I don't think anyone would feel good if you hear that, right? You're like, yeah. what do you mean you don't yeah. have to? And, and so I think that, um, I think it's from, from the medical perspective, it's, it's always important to really maintain that sense of belief. And also, I, I think it's important to be curious and, and open to exploring other possibilities. Um, I think as a physician, I always wanted to be available to listen and support and guide my patients through any challenges and never underestimating the power of belief and hope. Um, I mean, the placebo effect is, is a real thing, right? It impacts people. <laughs> yes. um, so I think that if you have the option to remain hopeful versus, you know, go all doom and gloom, I mean, why wouldn't you choose to stay positive and really be in that state of mind that, it, that anything is possible, right? So that you can see um, a different way through. Well, and I want to touch more on that and what, what sounds to me like a, a full-on destina- definition of what is overwhelm and how to stop it. And But we're going to take a quick sponsor break 
and be right back after that. We're talking with Dr. Cindy Sai. We'll be right back. Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. And now, Eva, back to your show. Thanks, Michelle. So we're back with Dr. Cindy Tsai, and we're talking about the mind-body connection, and we were just getting to this really juicy part about feeling overwhelmed. (laughs) How a lot of people are feeling this right now, being stuck in this. You talked about it just a second ago before the break when we were touching on how fear, and I use that word, I don't know that you necessarily did, but we stop into this place where we just cannot seem to see the curiosity. It's like getting to that place of being curious and having open options and feeling the hope. So let's talk a little bit about overwhelm and how a person can break through it. Sure. I think it's really a, a timely subject, especially yeah. now with, with so much going on. And I want to share that overwhelm is, is a feeling that you have. And a lot of times it's, it stems from certain thoughts and beliefs you hold. So maybe it's the idea that I have to do all of this or there's too much going on, like just thoughts and beliefs like that, that lead you to feeling overwhelmed. And when you're feeling overwhelmed, it actually is really detrimental to your body and your health because it puts you in this chronic stress state of activation of your sympathetic nervous system. So you're always in fight or flight and in the survival mode and, um, where different organs are working overtime and and higher cortisol, stress hormone release, and things like that. So I think the key is really paying attention to what overwhelm feels like for your body so that you can start noticing and understanding where it's coming from. Because getting back to the mindfulness component and awareness, right, we can't change what we don't know. So I would recommend for people to start being a little bit more present and recognizing, hey, when I'm overwhelmed, what does it feel like? Maybe maybe my breath is really shallow, like I, I don't have yeah. a full breath, or, you know, my my shoulders are like shrugged up to my ears, right? <laughs> like you're just, you're just really stressed out. And so um, I think the first step is really paying attention to what it feels like. And then from there, being curious and open to understanding what is causing this overwhelm and looking at the thoughts and the beliefs that you may be holding on to and recognizing that those are, those don't have to be your reality, you know, and maybe what you believed in up until this point, but um, you always get to choose and change. Well, you're, you're bringing up, it's really hard to look at yourself in the mirror when you're hearing the story inside your head that's so ingrained and common and it's almost like it belongs there at some point. Um, 
it, it that but that that's the key with working with the coach to be able to hear it, pluck mm-hmm. it out of somebody's brain and say, wait a minute, shouldn't we question that? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I think in my work with clients, a big part is helping them learn how to recognize and befriend their inner critic. Because uh-huh. I think so much of us have one. <laughs> some yeah. some louder than others. I, I had a very loud one for the longest time. And um and, and I always like to bring it up because I, I think it's important to first normalize it, right? That everyone experiences this. Yes. And it's yes. this it's this voice that's inside all of our heads, it's always judging us, saying mean things, right? And it makes us feel terrible. Um but I like to share that the context that it actually was originally a protective mechanism and it was, it came from when we were young in childhood because we depended on parents, caregivers for survival, that if something bad came up, we didn't want to acknowledge that it came from our caregivers because if they made a mistake, that means they might not know what they're doing. So then they might not be able uh-huh. to keep us alive. Right. So, right. So much safer for the child to turn that criticism inward rather than outward. And so it starts this cycle of being very critical and blaming and all the things. So um, what's interesting is because the brain over time, you know, the brain just gets into this autopilot mode that it keeps rethinking the same old thoughts and beliefs that you've relied on and keeps strengthening these beliefs. And what's interesting is through coaching, you actually have a space to explore and understand what are these beliefs and you actually get to question everything so that you can release these old stories that aren't serving you and you can actually rewire your brain so that you can think different thoughts intentionally and as a result have a different, completely different life. So there's no more blaming the parents for your terrible life. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you think about that, I think I think a lot of times it's we we have the tendency to do that, and yeah, um, because on a, to a certain extent it feels easier, right? It's like oh, you yeah. know, everyone else's fault, <laughs> and you don't have to do anything. right? But um, but I, I would really invite people to consider that when you actually take the, you know, it takes courage, right? It's a process. It's, it's a little, it's work to, to really get to this other part of being able to take responsibility for yourself. And, but it's also a very, very empowering place because then you know that you actually get to choose. You can do what you want and you have your own back. And it's just a much more empowering and grounded place that I would hope people would be interested in exploring because that's where all your power is. You can feel better. Yeah, I'm, I'm, as, as you're talking about all of this, my mind is going to our current climate and how there's a definite distinction between even though we have the same availability, and this might get a little cheeky here, but the same availability to all of the, the same medical information about our worldwide, you know, the pandemic situation and the, the fear that keeps people in certain places and then you have a different, a different way of thinking about things is starting 
to unfold before us. We had London or England just the other day say we're stopping mandates as of February 11th and now we're going to testing alone. There must have been some sort of similar um, mental exercise that the people in authority there had to go through, like, like you're talking about, to say, you know what, let's be brave here and realize that we're living on the planet with this virus instead of against it and we're going to figure this out you know, together, but not in fear. Like, it, it, am, I, am, I, am I kind of hitting the right target here when we're talking about the, the skill that you're talking about and how we see them interact with our uh, ourselves in the real world? Yes, definitely. I think that it takes courage. It takes this, um, you, you know, it definitely is, a, a different way of thinking, um, especially mm. if you've been used to thinking and seeing things a certain way. And, and I think it's, that's why it's, it's hard when you do it alone, because especially if your friends and loved ones, they might not be aware or on board or, or doing this kind of work. And so, um, they might not be able to support you as you go through this process of really getting mm-hmm. clarity and connection to who you really are and, and all the things you're meant to do. Right. But a lot yeah. of times it's, yeah. it's because we have this, as humans, we are social creatures and it's really important to have that community and support. And we want to be a part of a tribe. And yeah. I think it's interesting that a lot of times when people start doing more of this reflection and and personal growth, some of the people around them are not going to be on board. They're not going to understand. And then they come to this point where they they have to make a decision of, okay, well, where am I going to go, right? Is this going to, do I want to go to this, this version of myself that I know I'm meant to be and to make this impact and to share my gifts? Or am I going to choose to stay in the comfort zone, right, in the familiar, even though I'm not fully happy. And I think that, you know, there's no judgment, right? Like we are all on our own journeys and it unfolds very uniquely for each of us. But I think it's just helpful to at least talk about it so you know how it could look and and what else, what's possible. Yeah, the the polarizing effect of... um, improving yourself <laughs> versus mm-hmm. staying the status quo and watching those around you fight with, well, how come you're no longer enabling me? How come you're no longer, mm-hmm. you know, serving me the way I want you to serve me? And it, and it can cause this power struggle. And I, I watch it with my clientele too. I know you see it. So it's just, it's all very, um, it's interesting. I think it's worth the work and you end up with an I, I could I could let you say this. It's just a matter of when you're done, you'll have those around you who love you instead of like you for what you do for them. Absolutely. I think what's been most gratifying for me is supporting clients on this journey so that they develop the tools and skills to understand that validation comes from within and not from external sources and achievements and accomplishments, right? Because if it's always external, then you're always going to be chasing that next thing, right? Like that carrot that's dangling in front of you. You're never going to feel like 
it's enough. And that's exhausting. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I admire all of this. And I, I think it's, it's great work that you do. And, and I want to remind everyone who's listening, you know, if they want to get in touch with you or reach out to you and you have something that you want to share with them, I would love to give you a few seconds to talk about that and, and invite them how they can contact you. Thank you. So I know we mentioned, we talked a bit about overwhelm earlier, and I want to offer everyone my free gift. It's a free guide to create your own calm, and it has three ways to end your overwhelm now. And I would invite you all to go to my website to sign up and grab the guide. So the website is cindysaimd.com slash calm, C-I-N-D-Y-T-S-A-I-M-D.com slash calm, C-A-L-M. And hopefully that will help you at least feel a little bit better in the interim. And I'm happy to connect with everyone and just support you on your journey. I'm available on social media at cindysaimd. Please, please reach out. I'm here because I know that you all have such important gifts to share, and I want to help you live your best life. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, and thank you for sharing. I think I, I went to the website, and, if, and just in case you didn't catch those contact details, we're going to have Cindy's information on our show notes page. So feel free to come back to Block Talk Radio um, or the ConnectedWomenOfInfluence.com website, and we can find her information there as well. So, but that, that's all we have our time for today, and this has been a, a most engaging conversation. I truly enjoy it. Thank you so much, Cindy, for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And a special thanks to all of our listeners, both U.S. and international. We are all over the world. And we'll be back again for another Women Lead Radio show. We're here on Mondays, 9 a.m. and Fridays, 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It's been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. This is Eva Venari, founder of the Elevate Institute, reminding you to question everything. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where life-focused, business-to-business, executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.